أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم Welcome to the second podcast for uh, Essential Islamic Studies um, The first thing is uh, I'd like to just um, make an apology from the last podcast uh, slight slip of the memory I was I mentioned Sayyidina uh, Umar radiallahu anhu was uh, called Abu Hafs and I said um, that that meant he's the father of Hafs when ordinarily ordinarily that would be the case but in fact in, with uh, with um, in in this case it was actually a nickname that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, gave to Sayyidina Umar um, so Abu Hafs is more of a nickname rather than a, than his um, you know the, rather than a, a Indicating whose who's, uh, son is. Okay, so today, um, in this podcast, I would like to um, do a similar thing to last time. We'll look at a hadith, and um, and uh, and from that we'll have a look at what... Uh, at this, and this hadith is a, is a very foundational hadith as well, and, and it will tell us exactly what the deen of Allah is. What Islam, or we call the deen sometimes Islam. Um, and we'll also have a quick look at the word deen and um, and, and and we'll try and expand on that. Um, again, this is um, also reported from Omar, um, and the hadith is. I'll just read the translation, and the hadith is such. Also from Omar, may Allah be pleased with him. There is that he said, while we were sitting with the messenger of Allah, may Allah bless, may Allah bless him and grant him peace. One day. A man came up to us whose clothes were extremely white, whose hair was extremely black, upon whom traces of travelling could not be seen, and whom none of us knew until he sat down close to the Prophet, may Allah bless him and grant him peace, so that he rested his knees upon his knees, placed his two hands upon his thighs and said, Muhammad, tell me about Islam. The Messenger of Allah wasallam, said, Islam is that you witness that there is no God but Allah, and that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. And you stab, and that you establish the prayer, and that you give zakat, and you fast in Ramadan, and you perform in Hajj, and you perform Hajj to the house, if you are able to take away to it. He said, "You have told the truth," and we were amazed at him asking a question and then telling him that he had told the truth. Then he said, "Tell me about Iman." He, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, said, "That you affirm Allah, His angels, His books, His messengers, and the last day." And that, you do, and that you affirm the decree, the good of it and the bad of it. He said, you have told the truth. Then he said, tell me about Ihsan. He said, that you worship Allah as if you see him. For if you don't see him, then truly he sees you. He said, tell me about the hour. He said, the one asked about it knows no more than the one asking. He said, then tell me about its signs. He said, that the female slave should give birth to her mistress. And you see poor, naked, barefoot shepherds of sheep and goats competing in raising buildings. He went away and I remained for some time. Then he said, then he said, Omar, do you know who the questioner was? I said, Allah and his messenger know best. He said, he was Jibreel who came to teach you your deen. Okay. Now, what we can see from this hadith is that... Um, First of all, that, that there are three fundamental aspects of the of the deen. So, of course, we call the deen Islam. Um, 
Islam, uh, which means submission, in this understanding is actually it actually um, is a part of the deen. Although it it describes the whole deen as well, um, but in this particular hadith, um, he is he is showing that the deen of Islam actually has three um, aspects of it. You could say. Um, now, the first aspect is Islam. So the first aspect of Islam is Islam, is submission. And in this hadith, this submission is all to do with action. Um, it's uh, saying the shahada, testifying that there is no God except Allah and that Muhammad is his messenger. Praying the, the five daily prayers. Um, uh, paying zakat whenever, uh, one, you know, once uh, one is... Um, has reached a certain amount of wealth that, which uh, you've kept um, over a year then a certain amount of zakat is uh, taken from that um, to fast in Ramadan um, and to uh, and to do pil- pilgrimage go, go for the hajj um, at least once in your lifetime if you are able to so what we see is that first of all these acts all have a, a sort of time uh, the witnessing uh, the witnessing, uh, you know, the shahada, um, witnessing that there is no God except Allah and that Muhammad is his messenger, is is what is said when one becomes Muslim. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. I declare that there is no God except Allah, and de- and I declare that, that Muhammad is his messenger, is the messenger of Allah. Um, and and on, upon saying that, then the, then um, somebody enters the deen and become and announces that that they are a Muslim. Um, the five prayers are um, set. There are five set times in the day for prayer, um, um, from uh, the dawn until sunrise is the is the first one, um, midday until halfway through the afternoon, and then from is the second one halfway through the afternoon until sunrise is the third one. Uh, sorry, sunset is the third one. Sunset itself is a is the fourth one, and then once um, and then the night time, and there's one at the night time. So these these five daily prayers um, all have their specific time, um, and again, it's action. It's something that you you do with your body. Um, paying zakat is something that you do, as I said, when when a certain amount of wealth has been reached, and you pay, uh, and you pay, and it's a purification. Um, this is um, an acknowledgement that the money was never yours in the first place, and. Uh, fasting in Ramadan is something you do once a year for a month. Um, that you, you abstain from um, from food, from uh, drink, and from sexual intercourse or sexual activity, really, um, during the daylight hours from uh, from uh, from sunrise until uh, sunset. No, sorry, from uh, from dawn until sunset. Um, and. Um, and again, it's an action. It's an abs- you're abstaining from doing something, so there is action involved in it. It's something that you do. And Hajj again is traveling uh, to the house once in your lifetime if you're able to. And again, it is an action. It's something that you do. So that is Islam. Now, Iman is a second thing, which is to do with what you believe, as um, as it's been said by Sheikh Abdul Qadir, a Sufi, uh, that Iman is the cosmic landscape. Uh, is is believing is understanding how things are in reality uh, and affirming it and believing it so uh, believing in Allah his angels his books um, in, uh, the last of which is the Quran which uh, supersedes all of them um, the messengers which is uh, the last of which is Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
uh, and his his, um, his is the, the final the one that um, abrogates all of the ones that come before it. Um, uh, believing in the um, the qadr, the decree uh, of Allah, both the good and the bad of it, i.e. the things that we like and the things that we don't like of it. Um, and the last day, uh, and belief in the last day. So these these are the things mentioned as as the, sort of the main things to believe in. Well, of course, uh, just as with Islam, there's more to Islam than just the the five those five things, um, because Islam reaches into even the business world and the and into our um, and you know marriage and how marriage is done and how um, and how justice is established. Um, also, there are more. There's more to uh, to belief than just those those six things, but they are the the main things that have been um, highlighted in the hadith. And then he and he said then he said, "Tell me about ihsan." So ihsan, uh, which means excellence, or you can say beauty as well. It comes from the word beauty, like beautiful, excellent, or beautiful behavior. Um, but that's actually a mixture of the two things. It's it's the bringing together of those two things. The in the outward. Uh, the outward actions, the and the inward beliefs, um, it's the bringing uh, of the two things together, so that you that you worship Allah. So worship is action, as though you see Him. So that you're in the, in, in other words, that your belief is so strong that it's as you're seeing Him. And though you do not see Him, then know that He sees you. Um, and this is the third. So, that, so that's the third element of um, of that. So it's the perfection of all of that. Um, now, Islam. Um, so, so Islam has uh, each of those three things has uh, also has a field of study, if you like, or like a, 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 there's a field of knowledge which has been developed, which is there to um, teach you and to keep, uh, about those things based on the Quran and the Sunnah. So, uh, with Islam, it is um, it, it, that science is called fiqh. Fiqh is, or sometimes they call it jurisprudence, but really it's just knowledge of the, it literally means actually um, understanding, but it's knowledge of the rulings, um, of the rulings that Allah has uh, has um, has given us. Um, and it is really, uh, and it's the establishment of wisdom in the world. Um, Iman has, has a, a field of uh, knowledge called aqidah, or sometimes called... Um, Called kalam, or um, and sometimes called um, um, also uh, in in iman as well. There's different different names that have been given to the science or the the this, the field of study, um, and that. But it's basically all of those things indicate the same thing that it's 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 really uh, it's what we believe. It's the knowledge of what we believe. And ihsan also has um, a field of uh, a field of knowledge which has been developed in order to. Um, to bring you to that that state. Now, this is the in- interesting thing about um, ihsan is that it's not about like I- Islam is about doing something, iman is about believing something, but ihsan is about being something. It's about uh, having, it's about embodying the belief and the practices in such to such an extent that it it completely imbues your whole being, and that your whole being um, is in submission to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Um, and uh, it, it, it's like likewise, it's also that you um, that you turn to Allah completely, um, and in doing so, that you are always aware of His presence. That's the, that's the pinnacle. And so, obviously, it is a path because when somebody first becomes Muslim, or when somebody first 
you know, as we grow up, we, um, it, it's difficult to kind of attain that state. But the state is there. Um, sorry, the state is um, is attained by through a process, a, a, a thing, and through a learning, and that learning is called tasawwuf. And that's that's the, or sometimes it's called tazkiyat uh, nafs, you know, purification of the self, um, or simply tazkiya, purification. Um, uh, it's called ilm tasawwuf, or sometimes called ilm al ihsan, or sometimes just ihsan. So different names for it, but they all indicate the same thing, which is, uh, which is the embodiment of all of the uh, of of the other two practices to such an extent that one is always aware of the presence of Allah, and one is always uh, always. Uh, uh, and therefore conscious of Allah and 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 therefore pleasing to Allah as well. Um, so that you you are aware of Allah to such an extent that you, um, that when you worship Him and everything can be worship. It's not just the, the formal prayers and these things, but anything that you do can be a, a type of worship. Uh, as long as the as we mentioned last week about the intention, um, as long as the intention is correct, um, then the intention is the thing which uh, which. Can make that thing either pleasing to Allah or displeasing to Allah. So, um, so it, yeah, that's that's the main thing that I wanted to say in this section. Um, that basically, there are these three elements which comprise the deen. Now, any because at the end of the de- at the end of the hadith, he, he said this that he was Jibreel who came to teach your deen. So in other words, he came to teach you. The, the the dean now this term dean is a very um uh probably slightly problematic when we um to, uh, difficult to translate shall we say uh, living uh, living in a in a country which is um and which is um sort of founded on on christianity and um obviously christianity has its own uh, terminology and its own uh, and and with that a certain Kind of the, the word has a certain kind of brings to the mind a certain type of a certain meaning when you say religion. When you say the word religion, uh, it has a certain meaning. And deen is often translated as religion, but the, the, the deen is actually uh, linguistically it's related to the word for dain, which is a debt. Um, and uh, one of uh, you know it's been said that it's the life transaction, it's the way that you transact with Allah through your life. And yomid deen. The 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 Maliki Yomidin, you know, the the King of the Day of Judgment, uh, Yomidin, the Day of Judgment uh, is, is well, it's really the day of the day that uh, the debts fall due. It's, it's this day that you're accounted for, uh, that, the, that the accounting happens. So, um, so um, so so Dean is is actually much more than just religion, because when we think of religion, I think we tend to think of, or certainly, you know, myself coming from a Christian uh, upbringing. Um, I, when I think of religion, I tend to think of churches. I tend to think of um, you know hierarchy of you know vicars and bishops and um, priests, etc. Which we don't really have in Islam. I mean, I think I think to some extent in the modern world, Islam has started to kind of gain some of that, uh, some of those trimmings. But it's not really anything to do with Islam as such. Uh, yeah, you have scholars and you have uh, you have awliya, people of Allah, saint. You could say saintly people. But the, but this idea of a, a sort of hierarchy in that sense doesn't really uh, fit um, the historical reality of Islam. Um, it's something which has been implanted on it. Why? Because now we're living in a society which is um, which separates church and state, and therefore 
religion or you know these sorts of things a religion or spirituality is seen as like a, something that's a very private thing of course in islam uh, islam has a system of governance it has a system of uh, it has well it has a legal code it has um legal theory you know it's, it's much more you know and it's much more than um it's much much more than just a kind of religion yeah religion is part of it we have because we do have you know we have mosques and we pray and we have a holy book and um so you know so for some to some extent religion isn't a completely inappropriate term and in fact um even uh, you know it, uh, theology um theology scholars uh, in i'm talking about you know from a western academic point of view um have no agreed upon definition of the word religion because whenever you define religion you end up um excluding one of the phenomena which were given the title religion so for example if we say that religion is uh you know is is a system of worship but then there are certain types of uh re- certain types of spiritualities which are called religions uh, but they don't necessarily have a system of worship like like buddhism for example it has it has practices but not really system of worship in the same way so so we have to be quite careful uh, in uh, um, and this is just a just one point but actually um throughout the deen when we translate words into english we have to, a lot of the time we do use the the a word borrowed from christianity because it's the closest thing but we have to understand that we need to understand it in its own uh, right rather than understanding it in the, in the, within the context of um the way that we perhaps understand you know we, the way that we see the word Another example that might be taqwa. Taqwa is often um, translated as piety. I don't like the translation of piety. Um, uh, really, taqwa is uh, is an, an, an awe. It's, it's an awareness of of Allah, which um, starts off. Uh, it starts off with with the. Uh, uh, you can say someone has taqwa when they they do everything that they're commanded to do and they avoid everything that they're prohibited from. And then that develops to the inward state being uh, uh, being in accordance with wisdom as well, and um, submitting to Allah as well. And 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 then at the end of it is that uh, is is an awareness of Allah that never leaves. So that which are kind of the three general stages of taqwa. So, but to, so to translate it as piety is not really the same thing. Because when we think of piety, we think of like, you know, someone who does a bit of a you know maybe a, a bit of a, a do gooder sort of thing. But it's it's much more than just what you do. It's actually it's your state. So taqwa. You know, one of the companions described taqwa as uh, well. He, saw, he said someone asked him about it, and he said, "If you were to walk on a path, and on either side of the path there were thorny bushes, what would you do?" And and the person he was talking to said, "I'd gather in my clothes together, you know, to stop them getting snagged on the on the thorns." And he said, "That's what taqwa is." So it's that you are, you're aware of certain things. If you do certain things, then you're going to get snagged. You're going to it's going to be it's going to lead to a negative effect, a negative consequences, and so therefore you you leave that thing. Um, and in the end, it's really uh, when you reach the stage of uh, being conscious, con- uh, constantly aware of Allah. Um, it's it's that you know that when you're not remembering Allah, that you're missing out on, on, uh, on. Um, the reward and the great favor of, of Allah, and it's, it's a uh, we, and it's, it's almost like it's a turning away from Allah. So, in a very subtle way, you're turning away from Allah because you're not aware of Allah. But somebody on that level would—that's his status that he's always aware of Allah. So when he isn't, that's, it's like a, it's a blemish. 
Whereas for us, just for other people, you know, it's just remembering Allah even for a moment is is is, is a very positive thing because we don't, uh, you know, we're often distracted by other things. So that's it, really. Uh, that's that's the end of that section. Um, now the next section, I'm going to um, look a little bit more into um, some contemporary issues surrounding those three elements of Islam, Iman, and Ihsan. And hopefully, um, hopefully, the discussion will be of a great benefit to um, to students of knowledge and uh, people who uh, are looking to um, develop themselves and uh, within the deen, inshallah. What we can see from this hadith is that there are three elements of the deen which relate, to, which each relate to a different. Um, realm of experience or consciousness um, the first one is uh, which is Islam is to do with the outward it's to do with action it's, to do with, it's what you do with your body it's what you do um, the second element is to do with the inward it's to do with the heart which is your belief it's how you see the world or, how you, or it's your beliefs about the world therefore it is inward um, and the third is a very subtle thing. It's and it's it is an ex, it's, it's a knowledge which is based on experience, um, and it's so subtle that the scholars of Islam have often called it the the, sec, uh, the secret, or the they call it the 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 realm of your experience, which is secret. It's it's even though like ostensibly what is outward. Is um, you know is 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 known, and what is in the heart is not known by other people. Yet, the way that you um, interact um, with the world will somehow um, will somehow um, inform people of what's going on in the heart. Um, but the secret is so subtle that it's to do with the way that you experience things, and of course, it will affect your behavior as well. Um, but it affects it in a very different way, and it and it affects the way that people experience you in their seek in their inner core as well. Um, so that ihsan or excellence or the the joining together of the two, as, as it's sometimes called, the joining together of the two seas, of the outward and the inward, um, it, it kind of creates a spark when when the two things meet, and this and something else happens in such a subtle way. Um, that it cannot really be um, spoken about. And you can try and speak about it, um, but every time you speak about it, uh, you'll lose the meaning of it. Just like when you try and explain, um, if you try and explain how a strawberry tastes to, some, to somebody, you can say, okay, it's sweet, and you know this, that, and the other. But then the person, you know, then the other person might say, well, honey's sweet. Is it like honey? Well, you say, well, no, it's nothing like honey. Strawberry is nothing like honey. Um, so. So in talking about it, in some in some respects, you actually lose, uh, you actually lose the the meaning of it, uh, because it's very very subtle. Um, and these are the three realms of these are the three realms of consciousness that a human being has of in uh, of outward, inward, and um, and um, and the secret, the inner, the innermost core, the inward of the inward, you could call it. Um, and there, and therefore, the deen is Islam is actually a very, very uh, comprehensive religion or deen, um, 
because it, it encapsulates all of these three elements um, in such a way that uh, that one's whole being can can be in a state of uh, submissiveness to Allah, a submission to Allah. Um, and in doing so, in fact, what happens is, is that the individual um, attains the very meaning of what it is to be human. Because Allah says, مَا خَلَقْتُ الْإِنسَ وَالْجِنَّةِ إِلَّا لِيَعْبَدُونَ I did not create jinn and mankind except that they worship me. Except, except to worship me, sorry. So in other words, the reason for our creation um, is that we worship Allah. And through that worship, knowledge of Allah comes, which is actually the meaning of the worship. So worshipping Allah is actually to know Allah, it's to, it's to get to know Allah. Just like the, the one who serves the king um, and, and, and uh, attends to his every need will then know the king very, very well. And in doing so, we, one becomes beloved to Allah as well. Um, and, that, that, and Allah becomes pleased with that person. So this is really what the deen is. It's, uh, it's a way that, that one can uh, attain um, one's humanity. And what we see with the Prophet وسلم, is that he was in fact the most complete human being. It says in the Quran, uh, that he is uh, that he is upon uh, good character and when it says upon it really means that he's mastered good character so and and he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam furthermore said um, that the only reason I was sent was to perfect good Attributes a good or noble character. Um, so, so, so the first thing that we must see from that is that, in fact, any version of the de- of the dean which does not um, encompass that is, by definition, not the dean. Or only part of the deen, or the, you know, you, you, something is missing from that thing. Um, there are there are there are these three elements, and these three elements are um, are addressed by the deen. Three three elements of your your being, your existence, or your consciousness are are addressed, uh, or are taken care of, or are nourished through through this thing and and each three thing is not in fact that separate the inward the outward and the secret the, they're not actually in a sense separate the separate in description and in, in um but you know the um by doing things with the body it affects the heart and by uh, and, and doing things sincerely with uh with uh having sincerity in your heart adding that to the to the um the actions then the actions um, affect the the very inner core, the secret, and and can wake that up and um, and bring to life the heart in a very real way, which which opens the possibility for direct knowledge of Allah. Um, in 
that sense, um, it's worth just reflecting on some of the um, well-known movements which are, have spread across the Muslim world over the last 200 years. Um, and you see that, uh, that in, in a sense, these two movements, um, these two, which are really um, deviations of what the Prophet ﷺ brought, um, you can see very clearly that, um, in fact, it's like a, it's a manifestation of um, of what is alluded to in uh, Surah Al-Fatiha, which is the first surah of the Quran, which we recite in each prayer. In Surah Al-Fatiha, we say, al-mustaqim," guide us to the straight path. Surat al-Ladina and alayhim," the path of those upon whom you have um, favored or given or you know blessed. غير المغضوب not the ones uh, with whom you are angry ولا الضالين and not the ones who are uh, who have gone completely astray now the now the um, so there are three um, uh, there's the the people who are on the sirat al-mustaqim the straight path um, and it, and in the quran it's very clear that those people are um, the prophets and the messengers and the um, and the righteous slaves of Allah and the awliya Allah, the ones who are who um, who have uh, attained um, intimacy with Allah, uh, these are the ones that Allah has uh, favored. And the the the, the, um, the the people who are with whom Allah is angry, um, are the ones who, in fact, make um, everything about the first thing, which is the outward, so it it all comes to, down to this sort of legalistic um, um, approach to religion, and I'd say in a sense that that's really religion, in the way that a lot of people understand religion. It's this kind of outward thing, ritualistic um, thing that you do, um, and there are um, there are groups um, who have sprung up in the last couple of hundred years. Um, I mean, these energies have always been there, actually, um, since the very early days. Um, and the Quran talks about them uh, in um, in relation to uh, previous um, revelations as well, and previous prophets. Uh, not, not that the prophets, uh, prophets alayhim salam, were um, uh, in any way um, deviant, but th- th- amongst the people, the nations that came from their followers, um, that there were people, that people who tended towards either one or the other of these two deviations. Um, so the, the first one is this, uh, yeah, like like I say, this um, uh, legalistic approach, which makes everything about the outward. And there is a, and the group who are well known for for that um, is a, and who actually deny any inward spirituality in the Deen um, um, are loosely termed the, the Wahhabis or the Salafis. Um, and I'd mention this not to kind of, not not that you, uh, that pe- we start to hate people or it becomes like a football thing, you know, like my team versus their team. The, the reason for mentioning this is actually just to, ha- just to help you understand the different, uh, the different energies which exist within the Ummah of the Prophet And, you know, we don't, I don't personally say that these people are um, you know, 
I don't label label them all as uh, you know disbelievers, and um, I don't pretend to know what their judgment will be because that's Allah's in Allah's hands. But the reason is just to is just to mention uh, that it ha- the deen has to be something which fulfills all of these three, or sorry, or you know, sort of covers all of these three areas, you know, the, uh, of the inward, the outward, and the secret. Um, and so they they have this very legalistic approach. Um, there are other approaches which are very much esoteric, um, and that and the esoteric ver- uh, form is actually the uh, the law lean the people who are completely just about the inward and have no outward form whatsoever, no legal framework, or no um, no form within within which to to fill. Uh, and by that I mean people people who don't really follow. Um, the what we call the Sharia in any in any um, sort of definite way, and, um, and there are different groups that who uh, fulfil this. Um, um, now we have to be very careful when we're using labels, um, uh, as as always, because sometimes you find even with the Wahhabis you find ones you find people have a different place on the spectrum. <laughs> there are those who who basically no, we don't need to follow any Sharia, and you know we. Um, basically, we just have to fit in with society, and that's that's it, you know. But what you really see is that these people, are, uh, you know, and they, they have this kind of vague spirituality, um, you know. It's almost like yoga in a sense, you know. That not there's anything particularly wrong with yoga itself, but you know that you you, you see people who are taking yoga classes and they, they they feel kind of all spiritual about everything, but then their life is a mess because they haven't um, um, they haven't got anything to sort of any guidance. By which to live, in, by, by which they can model their life on, other than this kind of like inward, these these practices which are sort of kind of esoteric in their in their um, in their approach. So, um, so, and then there are other people. I mean, and 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 amongst the. The group uh, that some people call the Sufis. There are there are two types. There are, there are Sufis which are guided and who are on the straight path, and there are Sufis which are not on the straight path. Um, and some of those are also like that. You know, they're just very kind of esoteric and you know um, have no have, do not follow. In fact, the uh, Sharia in any in any um, clear way. But the ones who are guided are the ones who base their tasawwuf, their, their spirituality, on. Firmly on the Sharia, uh, on the on the path, on the uh, on on, and we say Sharia. Remember, we're talking about you know how to pray, how to fast, you know what is right and what is wrong. Um, and so we do live in a in a time where there are these, uh, and 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 there have always been deviations ever since the very earliest days. Um, so it's not surprising that we have them now as well. Um, and we. We know this just because we we, we want to teach uh, or to to learn about these things just because um, it basically it just gives helps to give you discrimination between like to, between what is authentically Islam and what is it authentically what the Prophet brought and what is absolutely not what the Prophet brought and 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 therefore and 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 so going back to the uh, sirat al mustaqim the straight path um 
In fact, the straight path can be summed up by the by the expression directly before that in the Fatah. Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'een. So in you we worship. So in, in you we, 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 and worship is to do, is to do things, remember? It's outward. Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'een. And, and upon you we rely. So we, the inner uh, understanding is that Allah is in control. So although we do things, um, it's actually the Allah that is in control of, of events and, and of everything that happens in the world. And everything in, from the beginning of creation to the end of uh, the creation is actually one event. And that is the, Allah's, um, and it's the event that Allah, is the action of Allah, you could say. So with that in mind, I think um, I'll leave that there. And inshallah, in the next section... Maybe we'll look at a little bit more at um, uh, at these three elements, inshallah. Let me go. So, bringing back to the to the hadith that we started with, we have seen that Jibreel alayhi salam the angel who came to ask these three questions to the Prophet. What is Islam? What is Iman? What is Ihsan? Um, after he left, we, we saw that the Prophet وسلم, um, turned to Sayyidina Umar and said, do you know who that was? And Sayyidina Umar said, Allah and his messenger know best. And um, the Prophet وسلم, said that that was Jibrail. He came to teach your deen. So those three Elements are absolutely essential parts of the deen. And the deen um, is made up of those three things. And without those, one of the, even one of those three things is lacking, then we're missing uh, part of the picture. From another point of view, because uh, we said Islam is the outward practices. Islam, which means submission, also, in a sense, uh, encompasses the whole thing. Because um, Islam is the submission of all of the three realms of consciousness, of the outward, the inward, and the secret. Um, and this is done through the processes of uh, the practices that we take on. So in the, in the daily prayers, um, we train our bodies and our hearts and our secret to submission to Allah. Um, now, from one point of view, um, if we take the example of the prayer, uh, the prayer, you can do it just as action, um, but in order for the prayer to be valid, one has to know who we are praying to. If, if, we, if we imagine that Allah is a man sitting on a throne and uh, zapping things with thund- thunderbolts, then in a sense, we, we're, we're not really doing the prayer because what we have conceptualized as being Allah is not true. Um, because, as it says in the Quran, Laysa kamithlihi shayt, that he is not like anything. But he is hearing and seeing. So, so, 
what we believe about who we are playing, praying to um, has to be correct. Um, now, furthermore, uh, in the act of the prayer, we, one wants to attain the station of Ihsan, which is to worship Allah as though he sees you. And if you don't see him, then know, you know that he sees you. Sorry, to worship Allah as, as though you see him. And if, he, if you do not see him, then you know that he sees you. So, so we can, um, so we can clearly see that even in this simple act of the prayer, of the prostration, of the standing in front of Allah, and the recite, recitation of the Quran, and the and the bowing and the prostrating and the sitting, all of these things have an inward dimension and a secret dimension. Um, now, it's important to understand that, of course, that. Um, when we talk about the five, when the, the five things that the Prophet sallallahu mentioned, which which comprise Islam, which is uh, shahada, testifying that there's no god except Allah and that Muhammad is messenger, the prayers, the fasting, um, zakat and hajj, these five things are not actually the whole deen, uh, the whole of the even is the outward of the deen. However, they are like pillars of the deen. So you might hear this thing of the five pillars. Well, pillars um, have, imp- imply something else. What? Because you don't just have pillars. Uh, you need the pillars support a structure, which is a house, a building. So the whole, so, so the, everything that we do in our life, all of the actions that we do, become like that building, and. Um, and if there's if there is an imperfection in the building, then there will be an imperfection in your in the shelter provided by that building. If there's a leak in the roof, then you'll get wet. Um, now, amongst the things which are um, which have outward dimensions or rules or you could say law pertaining to it or, or rules by which we have to follow. Um, are things such as um, as as marriage, um, divorce, transactions, buying and selling, um, renting, uh, pawn brokering, many every every single aspect of your dealings with the world has guidance uh, provided for us uh, through the Quran and through our blessed Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So, so um, it's important to understand that, and therefore that uh, the second element of it, of the belief, is something that you carry with you. In fact, throughout your whole life, it's not something that you you come to the prayer with belief and then you go to the world with disbelief. You know, it's something which is fixed in the heart. Belief is is not real until it's fixed in the heart. And there are many hadiths which say, such as. Uh, you have not truly believed until you love for your brother that which you love for yourself. Um, so in other words, there's a, the, uh, the, a part of belief is to love for other people what you love for yourself. Um, another hadith says, uh, you, you have not truly believed until your desires are in accordance with that which I have brought, the Prophet saying that. So you, you, one's belief is not perfect until your what you desire is uh, in accordance with uh, the deen of Allah.
so Dean, so so, uh, so the, uh, the faith that we have in our hearts carries us throughout our lives and in every situation, and therefore, and it is it, because it's, in fact, it is the heart, a heart which is pure, leads to right action. So right, and and likewise, right action um, purifies the heart as well, and the two things are intertwined. But real effective action cannot happen without a clear, clean heart. And that's where, uh, and, and then when we look at Ihsan, Ihsan is also something which, which is a, a state of being which can be at every single moment of your life, uh, awake, both awake and asleep, uh, both busy and uh, not busy, um, stillness and movement. In every, in every part of your life, you can find yourself um, in the state of Ihsan, of of constantly being aware of Allah's presence at every time, at every moment, and every in everything that you do. So, what we hope to um, achieve by taking on the practice of the Dean is is that reality. Of course, that is not very easy. It has to be said that that is not easy. And because it is the deen al-fitra, the deen of fitra, which is, in other words, the deen which is uh, um, accordance or which uh, which is suitable to uh, the natural form that man has, and or mankind has, humankind has. That um, therefore it, it is it is known that you want one doesn't become Muslim and then suddenly become perfect, um, and. Sharia, the word Sharia itself, uh, is a path. is is the is the path of the road that you take in order to uh, to to get fresh water. So, and tariqa is a is the is is which is the spiritual path is the is the path that you take uh, is is like a road basically, and um, and many other words in Islam, the madhab is a, is a way to walk, uh, or a way to go. Sorry, uh, the you know the the way that you go. So. Um, and usually means method. So what we can see is um, that that there's this constantly there's this uh, un, this this uh, current uh, running through the dean of travel, of traveling, of of starting one place and, and going to another place. And therefore, when you're at the start, you're not where you need to be at the end, where you're aiming to be at the end. As as when you, if I'm traveling from Leeds to London. Um, you know, I get on the bus, I'm traveling, but I'm not in London, you know, and then I get, I get off the bus, get on the train, I'm still traveling, but I'm still not in London. Not until you actually reach the destination have you, uh, can you say that you have arrived. So, um, likewise, the Dean is like that. Um, and and people can arrive, you can arrive at that reality. Um, but it's very difficult to do it without the right company, and it's very difficult to do it without knowledge. Um, so. The two, two of the two of the main things that you need is knowledge um, and and good company. So, just to recap um, everything that we've said um, and everything that's been discussed, the dean is is a very very full. Dean, 
and it encompasses three elements of our existence, our outward, our inward, and our secret, our innermost core. Um, any, and we said that every, any version of the deen that does not have these three things is not the complete deen of the Prophet wasallam. And what we have to understand is that the Prophet ﷺ is the one who came to perfect, as we said, to perfect noble qualities of character. And he was upon a tremendous, a khuliqin azim, you know, he was upon a trend, tremendous uh, form. And at the same time, he was rahmatun lil alameen, he was the, he's the mercy for all of the worlds. Because he, his being sent is, a, is as a mercy to all the worlds. Um, because if it wasn't for that, then we wouldn't have the guidance. Um, now, something that something that um, that all of this indicates is that everything in the Deen should be uh, honoured and should be uh, respected and should not be dismissed in any way. Um, that's not to say that that when somebody comes to you saying, "Oh, you know, did you know this about the dean?" and it's just some random person who you know you don't know is a, has any knowledge or anything, you know, it's not to say that you have to then follow everything that everybody says about Islam, and you have to be very careful about where you take knowledge from. Um, but um, but it's just to say that we have to be careful not to dismiss things really quickly as well. Uh, because I've seen, and myself have done it um, when I first became Muslim, is that you, you can dismiss things as, oh, you know, that's not the deal, you know, oh, yeah, that's not what I signed up for. Or, um, you know. But, what, but the thing is, is that because uh, Islam has these three dimensions, sometimes things don't necessarily make sense to us until we reach a certain point in our journey. In, and in our development and in, in, in our, in our inward knowledge and outward knowledge and once you reach a certain point then all of a sudden that thing makes complete sense um, and you can't understand why other people don't understand that that thing um, but but we need uh, uh, we have to remember and we have to always keep it in our mind that we were, we were given a prophet a prophet precisely because we needed guidance and so therefore, what we think, how, or how we think sh- things should be, is not always going to be necessarily how things actually are, or actually, you know, are in the deen especially. Just because there, we, have, we, we have imperfections in our knowledge and imperfections in our state. Um, and therefore, we, we think, perceive things to be good when actually they are, you know, they might be bad for us and we might th- perceive certain things to be bad, but they might be, actually be very good for us. And there are certain things in the deen which, uh, like the wudu, you know, before the prayer is something that you do, uh, that you have to do. I mean, you have, well, you have to be in the state of wudu uh, for every prayer. Um, and you only have to renew the wudu if you've broken the wudu. Um, however, each prayer, a prayer without wudu is not is not accepted. Um, now the thing is about the wudu is that it 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 snaps you into your body. It it wakes you up. It's like a the coldness of the water on your face makes you puts you into your body, get, takes you out of your mind. And then you stand in the prayer, and because of, because of, you've had that, then then when you're in the prayer, then you're focused, and then you're able to transcend the body uh, in a in a in a, in a 
in a, in a way which is not related to anxiety or or related to sorrow or any um you know it's is is you're able to go directly into the moment and be present with Allah so some people might say well why do you have to do wudu before the prayer it doesn't make any sense to me well yeah it doesn't make sense but if you do it then it starts to make sense you know um and and the whole of the deen is like that you know why why do i have to read the quran in arabic well yeah it doesn't make sense at first because you think well what? because we think that oh it's all about understanding this thing logically and kind of intellectually and yes we do need to understand things logically and intellectually to a certain point but but actually there's something there's there's actually a the hidden secret in the quran itself because the quran was reveal is the speech of allah that was revealed via the, the via jibrail to the prophet into the heart of the prophet so 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 this it's the speech of allah which has come to come into uh, which has manifested itself in creation and because it's the speech of allah it's it's something which is uh, beyond time and beyond space and beyond form it is it is it is something beyond in a sense in a sense the uh, intellectual comprehension that that has then and uh, that has somehow managed come into the temporal world into the into the into time and space and the world that we experience and that we can read that in its original arabic um it connects us to that reality um and through that um it has a very very profound effect on the heart which uh, which our heart which has a, um you know which is also in a sense beyond the physical you know it's, it can it can it has knowledge which is beyond the physical world the heart it's beyond the tangible what's tangible you can it can be uh, to the to the other senses you know to sight to hearing etc um, the heart can perceive things and so and so that through reading um, Allah's word Allah's words which are as they are from al-haq the reality they are they are reality uh, this has uh, you know by doing so it has a profound effect on the heart and and that's really something that's uh that that you can't understand until you you know if, you, if you're studying arabic for example um and you're studying how to read the quran and the, and you get into the tajweed especially you know it, you start to really feel that the and the more you read the quran the more it has this profound effect on you and you find these miraculous things happening you know you'll you'll um find yourself in a in a situation you don't know what to do and all of a sudden this ayat of quran will come to you and and it'll be like certainty you know exactly what to do <laughs> or you know you might be going through a particular you might be going through a, a particular inner struggle and then all of a sudden an ayat comes to you and 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 just relieves you of that distress so uh, um so reading the quran has this very very profound effect um and it's not necessarily something that we, that you can really intellectualize unless you actually do it and when you do it then you know it's you know it's like somebody who'd never um heard or even seen of a fire before and then somebody told you that oh there's this thing called fire and if you put your fing- finger in it it'll make blisters come up and if you keep it there for even longer it'll make you you know you'll your handle fall off <laughs> and then you might say well uh, you know 
how can that be? You know, what this this thing can have such a strange power over you. And you but obviously, we know because we've all had experience of fire that fire can do that. We, you know, you just just you don't need to you don't need to have your hand set on fire to know um, how severe uh, an effect fire can have on on your hand. So, um, you know, if 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 a blind person had never ever ever seen before and didn't know that other people could see before, suddenly found out at the age of thirty that there's a thing called sight, they probably wouldn't believe you, you know. Um, but it's, uh, until you until you begin to see, then you, you know. But the thing is, for us who see, then then it's obvious, you know, it's there, plain in plain sight. And 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 really, the Islam is revelation. In our deen is revelation, and it reveals to us things which otherwise would be comp- we would have absolutely no access to whatsoever. I remember at, at a certain point after becoming Muslim, just thinking, all of this was just kept secret from me. <laughs> I felt like people had kept it secret from me. Why do people keep it to themselves? You know. Um, but of course, you know, it had had somebody had come to me at 14 and said to me, oh, there's this thing called Islam and this, you know, prophet, I'd, I'd say, I don't care. <laughs> I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have bothered, you know. But alhamdulillah, you know, Allah uh, gave me the deen when I was ready for it. So, um, and then, and then it's like knowledge, you know, you know that it's, you, there can't be more than one God. There has to only be one God. There can't be three gods or, you know, a human being cannot be God. You know, there's only one God. And that God is, uh, that God is Allah and Allah is, Beyond time and space, and he created everything. Of course, it makes sense. So, um, so that's my reflections on on that hadith, and I hope it has been of some interest to you. Uh, this is the second. Uh, this has been the second um, episode of uh, Central Islamic Studies uh, podcast. Um, anyone has a question, feel free to ask. I think there's a way to ask on through the um, Anchor app. Um, if not, then you um, you can send me an email to um, info at essential Islamic. Uh, sorry, it's uh, info at essentialislam.com, I think it is. So, um, so, sorry, info at essentialislam at gmail.com. I think info dot essentialislam at gmail.com. Yes, thank you. Um, please feel free to send me uh, any questions to that um, or whenever you see me or if you have my number feel free to whatsapp me um, I'm always ha- happy to to speak so I'm not really fun.